You're listening to Prosperous Coach Podcast with host Rhonda Hess, helping you to choose a smart coaching niche and launch your coaching business with confidence. Hey, coaches. Have you ever noticed that there's plenty of information about coaching, the coaching skills? And there's also a lot of attention out there on how to market and enroll clients, plus the various tactics to earn well as a coach. But there's little communicated to coaches about exactly how to serve your coaching clients well, so they love the experience, come back for more, and refer others to you. Client service goes well beyond coaching skills, but does stem from the way you target your audience, engage them, and the way you market from the get-go. Your coaching client's satisfaction in you and your program begins before they hire you and continues after they finish with you. If you're following the guidelines I've been giving you in episodes 62 through 77 in this coaching business checkup series, then you'll be strategically setting everything up for your coaching business in a way that guarantees satisfaction for ideal clients. Client service is another strategy point for creating a successful coaching business. And that's why this is part of and the last episode of my coaching business checkup series. As I've been promising, I've got a free download for you. It's ready now. It's a comprehensive coaching business checkup that you can give yourself. This will help you fill in the holes in your strategy so you can do everything more effectively and earn more in your business. To download it, go to prosperouscoach.com slash 77, and then take the time to honestly consider what you've got going for you and what's missing. I've referenced certain podcast episodes to help you with each of the 10 sections. And of course, if you want more help, get my private VIP support to do all of this right the first time. The best first step you and I can take is to have a private strategy session which you can find at prosperouscoach.com slash strategy. Let's dig into today's episode. Do you ever feel nervous with your clients and have performance anxiety during the sessions? If you're a new coach, that's totally normal. And you want to be sure that that feeling diminishes with each client that you serve. In my early days, I was so anxious about delivering value that I lost my personal power by inflating my role. I'll tell you more about this in a second. And I ended up feeling drained instead of energized by sessions. Over the years, I've given this challenge my daily awareness and made a lot of shifts to improve it. Happily, there are lots of things you can do that both create value while also setting strong boundaries, which protect you and your clients, and I'll cover seven main ways that you can up your game in providing value to your clients. Now, happy clients actually start by being happy prospects. You want people to already have a strong sense of your integrity, your personality, and exactly how you can help them before they even think about hiring you. See, this makes them happy because they'll only stick around if they feel the connection with you and if they feel that you are the best resource for them. 
I know I talk a lot about this, and that's because a successful business is the sum of many things that work in concert, and that takes strategy. If your social media, blogs, podcasts, videos, website, everything you do comes from being fully informed about what's important to your audience, they can feel that. They recognize it. They perceive themselves in your messaging, and it feels good. Just the other day, a new member in my Facebook group called Prosperous Coach Club posted this. She said, just found your podcast. Wow. Get out of my head, Rhonda Hess. I needed this so badly. Thank you. I took that as a compliment because my episode hit the mark about what holds her back. And by the way, Angela, thank you so much for your feedback. You want your audience to feel seen, heard, and understood by you. If they do, they'll follow you and share your content with others in your audience, and that's how you'll grow. They'll also become curious about what you offer because you're speaking about what they desire and what's in the way of that. Also consider staying in touch with past clients. Follow them on social media. Share a bit of social love with them and check in with a short email from time to time. Number two in these seven ways is to provide structure and boundaries. In a desire to be all things to your clients, do you ever forget to set boundaries and provide structure? If so, it's totally understandable because coaching skills themselves are so open. There's open-ended questions, deep levels of listening, open-mindedness about differences. Those things may not seem to fit with structure and boundaries, but I will tell you, people thrive with a sense of structure And respect boundaries if you set them up thoughtfully. It's a win-win. These things make people feel safe. So provide clear terms and agreements in your intake packet. Ask clients to respect you with policies about showing up for sessions and providing on-time payments to you. In the first session, explain the phases and flow of your work together. This is easy if you created a signature program rather than just selling coaching packages, which I've talked about in earlier episodes. Provide and then ask them to send you a session prep one to two days before each session and send them a session recap that lists agreed upon next steps as well as your notes. Set clear expectations about your availability and how and when they can contact you. And this is the hard one. I struggle with it myself. Hold time boundaries in sessions. Number two, you want to create and track a set of goals. It's a good idea within the first two sessions, set specific milestones that you're going to help them achieve. These could be co-created or it might be predicated upon your signature program. Get clear on their top challenges, their top goals, and, and who they want to transform into. How will you help them perceive that they have made progress? Give this some thought. I try to do this a little bit in every session, you know, pumping them up a little bit. Set a tickler in your calendar to check in formally on their goals and progress from time to time. Number four, gather and give feedback. I think feedback is way underrated. It's so valuable for any transformational process. So be sure you ask for feedback. At the end of every session, ask about their takeaways. Write those down in the session recap. 
make sure that your session prep form asks for feedback too. If you're not getting enough feedback, directly ask for it at least halfway through your program and also at the end. And then also give feedback. Let them know how they are doing. Be kind, but also be real. Encourage more if progress is slow. Ask for referrals midway through your program and at the end. And also directly ask for a testimonial. Give them guidelines about the kind of testimonial you want, which is usually short and has lots of metrics of how they've improved. And also make the testimonial process easy. I have a whole podcast episode about this, which you'll find the link for in my show notes. And so five is model integrity. One of the beautiful things about coaching is that sometimes we attract clients that teach us while we are supporting them. Mostly this is seamless and organic and happens in the background, but sometimes it can be painfully upfront. You may realize that you need to work on the same things that your client does. So if that's the case, be real. Show your vulnerability while also modeling how you face your challenges. Walk your talk, not just in session, but in every public way that you show up. Be responsive to your clients with timely replies. Provide a personal touch, but don't go overboard. Own your mistakes and biases as you're working with your clients. And of course, hold all confidences. Number six is help your clients stand fully in their power. The absolute best way to empower your clients is to monitor how well you are standing in your own power. Some years ago, I wrote a popular blog post on this called Five Ways to Right-Size Yourself to Empower Your Coaching Clients. You can see the link to that post on the show notes for today's episode, which you will want to check out anyway to get the free coaching business checkup download. Again, you can find that at prosperouscoach.com slash 77. As a coach, it is critical that you learn how to be right-sized in your power for a healthy coaching relationship. And this is a phrase I came up with. By being right-sized, I mean holding the right amount of responsibility in the co-creative relationship while also asking your client to do the same. See, ideally, you and your client have the same amount of power in the relationship. And there are many pitfalls that create a differential in power, such as charging too little, allowing late payments, allowing clients to slide away from doing their work, over-delivering, failing to hold time boundaries and other boundaries. And I will even add to this, working with a client that you know is not right for you. Now, these things take practice, but you can do it if you pay attention to what's happening within you when you interact with your clients. Hold your clients accountable for what they agree to do. Challenge them to do and be more. They will thank you for it. Whereas if you're just an easy peasy coach, they're not going to get as much out of the experience. Show you care without being overly responsible or invasive. And then number seven is to share your humanity. I've alluded to this before. When I first started out as a coach, I thought that I had to be this pillar of perfection with clients. And I found out the hard way that this actually turns out badly. You see, when people put you on a pedestal, they project all sorts of crap upon you and the relationship goes into shadow. 
So instead of trying to be perfect, be a real person with your clients. Let them see who you are. But don't make sessions or between session time too much about you. Be interested in your client's uniqueness and how they differ from you. Hold up a positive mirror for them to admire themselves. Give the personal touch, but don't go overboard on this, especially with expenses. It's tempting as a new coach to buy a bunch of stuff up and send it to your clients. I think there's better ways to deliver value. And also, accept that life throws everyone curveballs from time to time. During my work with clients, some of them have had major health crises, financial crises, or other types of difficulties that throw off the arc of our work together. They derail them. The right thing to do is to flex to support them. You might put your program on hiatus for a short time to give them space needed for recovery. Similarly, I've had times where I need to take a break for some reason, and I ask my clients to understand, and they do. So now, with those seven ways, I want you to think through how you can up your game on client satisfaction. In the next episode, I'm going to talk about the art of crafting powerful coaching questions, and I'm interviewing the brilliant Lori Cameron, coach trainer extraordinaire. I hope you'll tune in for that. In the meantime, stay inspired and make things happen. I'm so glad you tuned in to Prosperous Coach Podcast. Please share this episode with other coaches. And if you're listening on the iTunes podcast app, review this show. Joel Bass did my theme music. Thanks, Joel.